The Super Bowl is set. The Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And who better to talk about the big game than... Terry Bradshaw. That'd be me. Terry Bradshaw has been a familiar face on Sundays for more than 50 years. Most of them as a broadcaster. Right now we head over to Professor Bradshaw. And before that as a four-time Super Bowl champ and Hall of Fame quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh, hey, I love you. Thank you. The ultimate performer on and off the field. Bradshaw is now tackling one of the biggest challenges of his life, two different bouts with cancer. We have two things in common. Do I get a hint? I find cooking really hard. I find it really stressful. Do you feel your life is in danger? And the love of my mother is what brought me here. What was the worst investment? Oh, there's a long list of really bad ones. Terry Bradshaw, welcome. It is so great to talk with you again. Thank you for doing this. Well, thank you for having me on. You know, I'm such a big fan of Chris Wallace. <laughs> and uh, when I heard about this show, I told my wife, I love this guy. I just love his interviews. I like listening to him. So I hustled you. <laughs> Let me say, by the end of this half, you did hustle me. By the end so of this half hour, <laughs> all of those feelings will have disappeared. Terry, let me start with your health. Last October, right. you shared with the viewers of uh, Fox NFL Sunday that you had two different cancers that had been diagnosed in the last year, bladder cancer and a, an aggressive form of skin cancer in your neck. Here you are. Folks, I may not look like my old self, but I feel like my old self. I'm cancer-free, I'm feeling great, and over time, I'm gonna be back to where I normally am. Well, where you are today, that we're talking to you, Terry, is in New Haven, where you're getting treatment at Yale Medical Center. I say this for all your millions right. of fans. How you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. I um, have had uh, uh, follow-up treatment. Well, I'm doing follow-up treatments for the bladder cancer. Uh, I have three weeks, uh, one day a week, and then um, I come back in 90 days and uh, do it again. When I first got uh, the, the cancers, I was like, it didn't bother me. Uh, I, I just felt like uh, if, I, if I die from this stuff, I'm going to heaven, and if I don't, then I get to sit here on earth and do football and be with my family, my gorgeous wife. So that's all good. I, I saw it as both sides. The thing that's most unsettling is waiting for the report after you do, the, do all the tests, like, and then you get the phone call and it says you're cancer-free. So. That's the most stressful time now. It's like today, another treatment, and, and then another one next week, and then you come back 90 days, and you, and you feel like uh, you're going to be good. Honestly, are you saying you weren't scared when you got not one but two different diagnoses of no. cancer? No, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. I don't know why. I can't answer. It doesn't make sense. I know that. But as a man of faith, I just didn't. I just didn't worry about it when they said you got, well, first of all, you said, well, how bad is it? And can it be fixed? I mean, can you get, can you get, uh, get over it? Can you get cured? And the answer in both uh, cases were yes. Good enough for me, let's get after it. And so that's how I approached it. I never once, never once now, did I ever think that I was gonna die from either cancer. No, I, I can't tell you why, um, but that is exactly the way I felt. I, I am more nervous waiting on the results 
after all the treatments. No, I get that. Uh, your wife, Tammy, was a radiation therapist for 10 years, and she says that she was a lot more right. worried about all of this than she let on to you. How big a part has she right. been of your treatment and your recovery? If it had not been for Tammy, I would not have gone to the doctor. She makes me follow up on all my scheduled medical stuff. And as I'm 74, so I go a little more often now than I used to. Had it not been for her, I would have not found out about the bladder cancer. Had it not been for her, and the bladder cancer brought me to Yale because of her. And had it not been for her, I wouldn't have found the Merkel cell cancer in my uh, neck. I'm very blessed to have her in my life, uh, someone that loves me and cares about me and watches over me, not only because she loves me, uh, but also she knows, you know, that I've got a lot of issues, but they're medical. <laughs> Listen, you may, you, know you, you may not know this, but they're playing a football game next week, um, Super Bowl 57. Yes. And I'm just wondering, when you look now at the teams that are in there, Philadelphia versus Kansas City, how does that shape up? Well, <clears throat> I thought that Philadelphia would have a harder time with uh, Cincinnati had Cincinnati got in because of their defense. But what I saw from uh, Kansas City, who had not played well uh, defensively, had not been dominant, but they had the potential to be, I saw them going up against Cincinnati, and their defense was was outstanding. The, you know, the couple of big throws that Joe Burrow had were just great plays by the wide receivers. So that's changed my opinion a little bit. They will have to play well. They'll have to play their best game to beat Philadelphia. Philadelphia will run the football and run, and they'll run, and they'll run, and they'll play great defense. And their quarterback... Jalen Hurts is excellent deep ball, deep ball thrower. On the other hand, the last time we saw Kansas City go up against a great defense in the Super Bowl was when they lost to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they could do nothing right against that great uh, Super Bowl uh, in that Super Bowl. So I'm going to go back with Howie Long, and we're going to look at the Tampa Bay game and then look at the defense and see what we can learn and how it applies to Kansas City. Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes, and as long as they have Patrick Mahomes, they got a shot for sure. I first met you when I was working at Fox, and whenever Fox Sports right. was covering the Super Bowl, I would somehow convince my bosses that I needed to do my news show from the side of the Super Bowl. <laughs> and here is one of our exchanges in Miami in 2020. I'm 71. How old are you? I'm 72. Okay, I, I you, got wait a better a minute. chance you, than When you, you were have. winning all those games with Pittsburgh, you were younger than I was? One year, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, say goodnight, Gracie. We're no, done. No, 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 no. <laughs> who are you picking in the game? I, like, you guys don't tell ahead of time. Yeah, I'm, I'll tell you who you pick. All right, you're going to tell first. I'll go 49ers. Who are you going with? Kansas City. Without the dumbest pick I ever heard in my life. <laughs> Incidentally, Terry, my <laughs> prediction... Looks a little better in the aftermath of that Super Bowl three years ago. So here's, here's my question, and I, I fully uh, grant you the right that you may change your opinion as you and Howie go over tape and all of that stuff. Right now, who's going to win? Right now? <laughs> right now, I'm going to have to go with, uh, uh, boy, my wife is here. 
She's a Chiefs fan, Chris. Uh, I'll pick. Uh, I'll go with the Chiefs <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> and expect their defense. I know this is terrible. <laughs> that I know. was the I'm, most. I'm such a whoosh. <laughs> I have been very good on picking games this year. And I did pick the Chiefs and I did pick the Eagles. Both go to the Super Bowl. So I got a good thing going there. But the more I study, the more stuff I gather, the more confused my brain gets. <laughs> so, but I am married to a Chiefs fan. So if the Chiefs uh, don't win, no biggie. At least my wife's happy with me, my pick. And that's the most important Maybe. thing. I mean, you know, nobody's going to remember <laughs> well, the prediction except for Tammy. I loved talking to you and the... Fox NFL Sunday gang. I mean, it was such a delight. And we have uh, a montage of some of, of your clips with the gang over the years. Take a look. Terry, you're going to be a little bit slower, Mark. I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson. I'm right? 74 years old. Of course I'm slower. <laughs> <laughs> this is illegal. This is illegal. This show has never been more awkward. Everybody standing right here has had a defining, everybody here has had a defining moment. Oh. Oh. I lost a million bucks last week. The last time I lost a million bucks, I had a bad prenup. Hey, me too. <laughs> hey, we had the same club. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints, may get some of my money back. So, honestly, <laughs> do you guys really get along yes. that well? No rivalries, no fighting for airtime? No, you're kidding me. We are all proud of one another's accomplishments. As players, we're proud of uh, one another's accomplishments uh, in television. As a matter of fact, before I came over here uh, today, I got a text from, from Howie wishing me luck today. I mean, you know, that's the kind of friends that we are. We're very close, all of us. We're not selfish. We're not uh, jealous of one another's money or success or anything like that. It's just a, it's a very unique bunch of men and it's very hard. And then as we're getting older, I'm sure Fox is hoping that we, <laughs> we, we stay healthy so we can continue doing this show, which, by the way, has been number one uh, for uh, 29 years now, which is amazing. Well, speaking of getting older and wanting to stay on the air, I read a quote of yours where you said, you're not going to retire. You want to die on stage. And then you said, <laughs> hey, look at the ratings. That the Fox ratings. would get for that. Look at the ratings. So, so here's the question. I mean, are you and Fox in negotiations about making that happen? Dying? <laughs> no. <laughs> what, are you crazy? <laughs> we are. I, uh, I, uh, I just think, as you well know, Chris, television is all about ratings. You know, it's all about ratings. And I just think at, at this stage of my life, and I don't want to die. Billy Graham said the minute you retire, you start dying. So therefore, I'm not going to retire. I love working. I love my job. And I just think if I've got to go, man, right in the middle of right before, maybe I say something uh, about the Dallas Cowboys or the, or the Raiders, I, then I, I just kick the bucket. Man, I can just imagine the, the Raiders. I would hope they go through the roof. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they'd be good ridden, good and glad he's gone. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. All right, let's talk about your football career. You were the number one pick in the 1970 draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers out of Louisiana Tech. And two years later, you right. were involved in a play that is still considered the greatest play in NFL history. Take a look. Bradshaw 
trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Rachel Harris has it. And he's over. Yeah. That is the immaculate reception, as it was known for, yes. it will be known forever. A couple of things. You, you say that that was the worst pass you ever threw. Why? I was a lie. I didn't mean that. <laughs> it was a, it was a, um, it was a play. It was a fourth down play, and I threw the ball and went down on the turf and got hit. Heard the roar of the crowd, and then I got to thinking, wow, you know that's some kind of throw right there. I I, I knew it was a touchdown, so I'm thinking endorsements, movie deals are going to come my way. That's. And it's just, this is a big moment, you know, uh, for me. And so I got up and started jogging and places going crazy. And I'm, you know, I'm waiting for someone to say, way to go, TV, nice throw. Got none of that. So nobody was saying, asking you to say, where are you going after this game? And you could say Disneyland. <laughs> no, no, none of that. And, and then after you see all of that, it's really... So now, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, not one of my best throws. Certainly uh, ended up being my best throw, which is ironic. And then, of course, the great Franco Harris, one of my dear friends, passed away uh, a few weeks back. And so right before he was to have his number retired and the Immaculate Reception was being celebrated for 50 years in Pittsburgh. So while it was a, it was a great play for all these years, it was, it was a sad moment when we – when he finally got to enjoy that moment, and then he, he passed away. And so, I got another memory for you and another pass, because in 1976, at a, another Super Bowl, you threw what is generally considered the greatest pass of all time. Let's take a look at that. Here's Bradshaw. Bothered from behind. Lynn Swan is open. Got it. Steeler touchdown. What do you remember about that play? No, I don't remember anything. I got knocked out. Another, another, you're playing plays that I get, I don't, I don't see. I was good at throwing it deep. <laughs> I wasn't very good throwing it short, but I was pretty yeah, good pretty, at throwing it deep. You were pretty good at throwing, a, throwing the ball. So l let me ask you, because we're, <laughs> the one thing these two plays have in common is you say that you were knocked down and then almost knocked out in that second play. How many concussions do you think you suffered over the years? Oh, <clears throat> I think most, at, most athletes, when you ask them that, they'll tell you a concussion to me is being, you know, knocked out. So I probably had uh, uh, no more than six knock, you know, totally out. Uh, I went to a clinic one year, one off season, and got tested um, brain for three days and uh, come to find out with all the scars on your brain and everything, you've actually had quite a few concussions. So, yeah, I think back in the – up until they started changing the rules, we had – players were taking some pretty serious shots to the head. So let me ask you, Terry, uh, do you think football is too dangerous, especially the head traumas? No. No, I would have to say no. It's dangerous. Look, it is a tough sport. 
it, uh, you better be pretty courageous um, and, fear, and fear no evil, basically. Uh, it was something we grew up with. It's something that I love. Uh, being hurt or getting hit, it's all part of it, and we accept it. And I think that's where we differ from maybe you, Chris, or some other people, is that we accept it. And it's hard for a, a lot of people to accept it. Now, I don't accept CTE results. I don't accept the brain damage that we're finding. I don't accept the fact that so many of these players can't be diagnosed with CTE until it's too late. I don't think it's too rough. I played it, so I obviously I don't think it's too rough. Uh, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I'm, I was proud of myself, Chris, as a player, as a quarterback, as, as most quarterbacks I would think are. We have to stand in there and trust a bunch of people around us, or else we just we 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 just get slammed. Uh, but you're always going to be dealing with this. And Chris, if we live 20 more years, you and I do another interview, you're going to ask me that same question again, and I'm going to give you the same answer. Uh, no, I I'm kind of a gladiator. Uh, I enjoyed being in that arena. That's a scary arena to be in. I love. I love that, and I look forward to an interview in 20 years. That's a day. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. Celebrities of all kinds are speaking publicly about their therapeutic trips, so to speak. It turns out there is a burgeoning industry ready to serve the new influx of people who find themselves turning away from traditional mental health therapy. The gap between what we know and what we don't about psychedelic therapy. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. You had to deal, Terry, with another issue when you were playing, and this was the, the rap that you were, forgive me, dumb. And, and uh, Hollywood Henderson famously right. said, you know, uh, he couldn't spell cat if uh, he was spotted a C and an A. Did, did that talk get to you? Did it get under your skin? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the dumb image, I have yet to figure out. Um, a lot of interceptions my rookie year, but my rookie interception record initially was broken by Peyton Manning, considered one of the <laughs> smartest quarterbacks. I threw 25, he threw 28, so I've <clears throat> I am upset. I do get upset by the dumb image. I don't like it being brought up, and I think probably some of my anger and frustration with it is is I didn't get enough support. I didn't feel like, personally, I didn't get <clears throat> enough support from Pittsburgh. I thought Chuck No could have st stepped in and said, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard of. After all, I called my own plays. You can't be too stupid in calling your own plays. 
Um, Chuck Noll, we should tell people who aren't as old as you and me that he was your coach at uh, at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right, head coach in Pittsburgh. But I, I have taken I've taken that image and had some fun with it. Yeah, I'm kind of as you will know, Chris. Uh, I'm, I like to have fun in interviews. I like to entertain people. If it's at my expense, I'm fine with it. But there are times, there are times, even at Fox, when it's Terry's always, you know, the goofball. And, and there are times where I'm, I don't say anything, but I do say to myself, uh, enough. You know, enough. All right. But, it's enough of that. Hey, it's, uh, it's, hey, look, Chris, look, Chris. It's the bed that's made, and I made it, and I lie in it, and I'm fine with it. We move on. But being honest with you, does it bother me? Yes. You had quite a career outside of football, and I want to talk about that a little bit. You uh, say that music was your first love, and in 1976, right. you recorded a song that actually made the Billboard chart. Take a look at this. Did you think that you might have a career as a singer? I wanted to be a gospel singer. I loved gospel music. I grew up with the Statesman Quartet. Um, football kind of got in the way, but singing, singing was always, that was the thing that I loved. Uh, always was singing, always thinking about being on stage, always wanted to sing. Um, football, like I said, got in the way of that. And I remember one time I, I called. When you have an, a song out, you're, you have to pick up the phone and call the radio station. Hi, that's Terry Bradshaw. I got a song out called I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. And I just want to thank you for playing it, or I want to ask you, will you play it? And I called the Houston stations because we were, right, I mean, the Oilers were a huge, <laughs> huge uh, uh, competitor of ours. I mean, tough team to beat. Played them twice a year. And they said, well, you got to say, Houston, eh. Hey, hey, this is Terry Bradshaw at uh, whatever your call numbers are. Uh, I got a song out called I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. And I see you're not playing it, and I sure would wish you would put it on your playlist. We're not going to put it on the playlist. We're never going to put it on the playlist. Click. <laughs> well, <laughs> come on. That As is it turns out, so football is, uh, <laughs> is stronger than than recording. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about acting as well, because you did some of that, including this memorable scene from Failure to Launch. Oh, boy. Hey, Tripp, what are you doing here? Just came by to get some stuff. What, what are you doing? I'm feeding the fish. Yeah. I see that. You're naked <laughs> in my room. Well, this is my naked room. I mean, it's my house. <laughs> hey, would you have done that? No, but, but you could pull it off. So here's the question, because you have said well, that acting is tougher than football. Any qualms about doing that scene? I did that naked scene just to get a rise out of America. Just to go, have them go, oh, my God. I, I swear I did that because I said, this is going to be so much fun. I just didn't give it into account 
that I go to church every Sunday, and uh, I didn't realize that when that movie came out on Friday, the preacher preached about the sins I had committed and how I was a bad example for young people, and I left that church that morning after being there for so many years, never went back, never went back. I couldn't believe he did that. Then I had to call my mother, Chris. She said, baby, uh, the church is going to go uh, to see the movie after church today. Brother Rod's got the church bus, and we're going. We got a box, cardboard box of food, and we're going to go see Failure to Launch. I went, no, <laughs> you can't go. And she says, well, why not? I said, I'm naked. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm naked in the movie. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You wouldn't do that to your sweet old mother. Yes, I would. <laughs> oh, my God. I have enjoyed that scene so much over the years. I mean, so much. I can't tell you that was one of the greatest moments of my, of my life was doing that scene with Matthew McConaughey and being naked. Had no problem doing it. See, from the backside, it's almost uh, a melodrama. Had they filmed me from the front side, then it would have been a comedy. <laughs> you know, you have this image, and you're beloved as a good old boy, but... You're more complicated than that. You say that you suffered from depression and anxiety for years. Uh, you say that you wanted your football career to hurry up and be over with so that you could get off the stage. You say when right. you won Super Bowls, it was miserable because you felt more pressure to do it again. Right. What, what was going on there? Right. I never could accept... <clears throat> My wife will tell you this. I never can. I'm not good at accepting compliments. I'm not, accept, I'm not good at, at winning um, because winning means i got to do it again. And I know how hard it was to get to win that one time. And, I, and the pressure was, was tearing me apart. Uh, it's so hard to win a Super Bowl. Um, and then you, you have to win another one. And then you don't win for a couple of years, and you're old, and then the negative comes in. Then you win again. So it, it's just like it's not fair. It's just so hard. But that's, you know, it's kind of the lot in life I have and I chose. Uh, but I couldn't enjoy it. I don't know why. I did not enjoy playing football because I could not accept it being so serious. It was always, to me, just a game. And I couldn't accept it being so serious. And I couldn't understand people being so cruel and mean uh, with their words. And I didn't enjoy that at all. That's why I like my life better outside of football, because I get to entertain and make people laugh and, and have a good time. And that's, that's the way I choose to live my life. You eventually went public with your mental health issues. Uh, here you are. Right. Listen, men are the worst. We, you're right. We, we think that, well, we got to be strong for everyone. But mental illness is something that attacks everyone, no matter your size, your pocketbook, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, the wise thing to do for me was I knew I had something wrong with me and I sought help, medical help. Do you hear from people who say, well, if Terry Bradshaw, this great quarterback, 
had these feelings, then there's nothing to be ashamed of. I don't, I don't really say a lot of things, Chris, because when a, a person, a celebrity, excuse my choice of words there, but that's what I am, uh, we say something like that, a lot of the America goes, oh, God, what's he got? What's he promoting? You know, it's like with the cancer. I don't want to say anything until it was obvious something's wrong with me. I, I don't want sympathy, empathy, whatever you call it. I don't want any of that. But I felt it was an obligation to share. And the fact that people do come up to me, uh, men do come up to me, lots of them, and thank me for being open and honest and how it has helped them and has changed their lives and they have sought help. Now, I realize how important it is to set aside how you feel personally about it and say it because it does have an impact on people's lives. Finally, uh, you have got a lot of businesses going. You've got Bradshaw Bourbon, uh, Bradshaw Thick and Burgers, and you're with, with your wife, Tammy, Bradshaw Quarter Horses. You had a musical review in Las Vegas, a reality TV show. Why do you like to stay so busy? Keeps me young. I like it. it uh, I just feel like it keeps me... It keeps me young, it keeps me involved, it energizes me, um, and my wife goes with me. And so when you got your best friend with you, uh, we're just going on trips. We're just having a good time doing it, but I, it does excite me. You know, it's, it's very exciting to be involved in so many things, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So let's end where we started. Looking, what is the state? of Terry Bradshaw today, both mentally and physically. How are you doing? Mentally, I'm doing great. Um, I'm as happy, I can't recall ever being as happy. I've got a great family. I've got three grandkids now. Uh, little Jesse was just born. Zuri and Jebediah are the two older ones. Uh, so I've got a great family. I got an awesome wife. We have some tons of fun. Nice to be married to your best friend. Uh, so mentally, personally, I'm extremely happy. Uh, I feel very fortunate about that. My health, uh, as we're as you and I are talking now, Chris, it, my health is is good. So sometimes life is just too good, and we kind of like do this. <laughs> okay, all right. Where's the vials? Yeah. You know, kind of looking over our shoulder, but I'm a blessed man. And uh, I'm even more blessed, Chris, because you let me do this interview. Thank you for letting me hustle you to have me on. Well, you're a good man. Thank you so much. God bless you and, and your family and nothing but good things to you, my friend. God bless you, Chris. I look forward to seeing you. I wish we had been together today, you know. I really enjoy your company. Everybody should know. You know what a good dude you are. I do. No matter what the outcome of Super Bowl 57 is, Terry Bradshaw's record of four Super Bowl victories, tied with Joe Montana and second only to Tom Brady with seven, will remain unmatched for another year. Thank you for watching. Catch us every Sunday night on CNN and keep streaming anytime you want right here on HBO Max to find out who's talking next.